Hello and welcome to another episode of the Broadband Bunch. I'm Joe Coldavella and we are at Calix Connections 2022 at the Wynn Resort in Las Vegas, Nevada. Joining me is the CTO of Shures Communication, Tom Williams. Tom, welcome to the Broadband Bunch. Great. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, it's, it's awesome to be here. Awesome to be chatting with you. Um, before we dive into your topic at hand, would love it if you could give our listeners just a little bit of background on yourself in terms of your broadband journey. Yeah, so I've been in the broadband business about 25 years now. I'm now a, I was uh, inducted into the pioneers of the telecom industry a couple of year, years ago, so that was a very special honor. Uh, I've been around. I've been. I've done things like deployed video on demand for the first time in the country. I deployed the first digital set top boxes in the country. Deployed things like Comcast.net when at home collapsed. So I've been around for a lot of these changes in the industry, both from a video perspective, but also from a broadband perspective as we. We've evolved, certainly Doxus over the years from Doxus 1.0 all the way to 3.1 today, and then the evolution of fiber as well. So when you look at EPON and GPON evolving into XGSPON and offering these multi-gig speeds to our customers, um, that's what I've been focused on primarily. And then in addition to that, not only have I focused on technology, but also engineering, technical operations, uh, call center, and I've run marketing organizations as well. Wow. So um, just to go a little off script, it, it must be kind of amazing for you just to see um, how much the, the industry has changed and then how much in the last just few years, how much everything's been accelerating. It must be, must be um, kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy. When I first started in the industry in research and development years ago at Scientific Atlanta, I mean, it was all analog at the time. It was analog uh, video services. There wasn't even an internet service uh, <laughs> available by these operators. And today, you know, we're offering multi-gig services to these homes where you can have, you know, 20 high definition TVs throughout the home, all streaming 1080p, all at the same time. The amount of bandwidth that's going from, you know, our co-locations to the home is just incredible. Consumption continues to, to grow. When I look at all of our systems where there's, we have six systems, just the consumption rates month over month continue to, to go up and it's not stopping. And I, I don't see it stopping because the amount of applications that are being developed and things we haven't even thought of today from an application standpoint is going to continue to consume more and more bandwidth. Yeah, I did some interviews with some folks who did a 10G challenge and the stuff that they were sort of just envisioning and rolling out, it's just amazing where, you know, people just have no idea what's coming down the pike. Yeah, and I, I'm a member of a couple of other consortiums. And one of the things that's interesting from a technology standpoint is, for instance, light field technologies where, you know, you watch old Star Trek episodes, Next Generation, and you see these uh, holodecks. And, you know, those are the things that are being worked on today where video is actually coming out of these screens and you're able to manipulate the video with your hands and you're able to watch a movie, but you're able to change the angle so you can see the movie in a different perspective. And it is going to take an incredible amount of bandwidth in order to be able to do those types of things, in order to be able to work with someone across the world as if they're in the room with you. Those are the type of uh, technologies that are being developed today that's just going to consume more and more gigabits of bandwidth. You know, it's funny. I, um, I'm a big uh, VR Oculus guy, and it's, it's one of those things where they're making a big deal about, hey, now we're finally getting legs. So it's, just, it's, uh, it's definitely uh, incredible how we've just sort of scratched the surface. We're, we're literally, 
we, we haven't even stepped up to the plate yet. Yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, I mean, we are certainly in the first inning of both AR and VR, and it's just going to continue to grow over the next few years. Again, technologies that haven't even been developed yet aren't even on people's minds, and it's all coming. People ask me all the time, so why do we need five gigabits going to the home? Well, you may not need it today, but I'm telling you, you'll need it in the next few years. I, I couldn't agree more because, you know, I, I do talk to people and they're like, well, I've, I've got enough, you know, to, to do what I do now. But it's like, man, there's going to be a digital economy and you've got to make sure that you're a part of that as well because it, 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 things are changing. They are changing every every day. Um, so um, so just wanted to sort of dive into to your work with the uh, Shures. Um, so you're the CTO there? I am. And um, for your talk uh um, that you're going to be having here at, at uh, the Calyx event. Um, could you sort of just uh, give us a little bit of a, a framing of that? Yeah, so the high-level vision is that, you know, when you look at wars and what's going on in the marketplace, everybody thinks of the war between all of these different broadband uh companies is being a price war or you're hearing a war on speed and that's not the war those are battles certainly so uh, and these broadband providers are going to battle back and forth between price who's got the lowest price who's got the contracts who's got the um, uh, the data limits but where the real war war is going to be is around um, who's going to be second into the marketplace. If you look at the total market across the United States, just about all of the areas uh, have been taken up to being first in the marketplace. And unless you're going to go get uh, broadband funds from the federal government to go build these very rural areas, um, then all of the, the first places are gone. So where are you, where are you going to go? And that's really to be the second in the marketplace. And there's, and, and people are like, well, you know, can we make money by doing that? And we as a company, Shures, has proven that we can. Uh, and if you can go get about 40% of a market of an area, then you are making money. And you're making a lot of money by doing that. And as these bigger guys are coming into these smaller guys, guys like me, um, and they're starting to take our 40%. Well, I want to go take their 40%. Right. And by the way, going and getting their 40% is much bigger than our 40%. Absolutely. So that's how you win the war is you attack. And it's interesting when you go look at what these big guys are doing when they go to the street, they call it edging out. And it's really funny that they call it that. What they're really doing is they're overbuilding. And the reason why they don't use the term overbuilding is it's always been had this kind of negative connotation yeah. in the marketplace. So they don't use overbuilding, but that's exactly what they're doing. What they want to say is we're overbuilding, but they're edging out. It's kind of an interesting dynamic. It's an all play on words. And that's what they're doing because they don't want to look like the big overbuilder. They want to look like, oh, we're just edging out a little bit further from our current uh, properties. Right. A slight incursion. You know, that's right. If I could pull from, um, you know, sort of um, things that are happening around the world, a minor incursion. But, uh, it, it, you know, it's one of those things where um, as the second person in, um, isn't it also good for for the market in general? Because what you're doing as well as you're you're sort of, sort of fostering 
competition and what that does is that ultimately um, benefits the consumer as well. It does. And it allows the consumer to have a choice. And, you know, what's interesting is, is a lot of places where we are overbuilding or edging out, whichever you would like to term, we're, we're actually giving those customers a choice between a DOCSIS service that isn't symmetrical and a fiber service, which is what we're deploying, which is a symmetrical service. And we're able to give, you know, 2.5 and 5 gigabits to our customers, and they are jumping all over it. It's kind of interesting because even though these customers don't need 5 gigabits, they just want to have the fastest service they can get. And so they're jumping all over these 5 and 2.5 gig services, which is way faster than what these DOCSIS providers can give. And then, and so then, um, what ultimately is is what happens from when? So if you move into to the market as well, is is that um, what sort of the reception you're getting from? I guess from the competition as well as from consumers. So it's it's basically. Hey, get out of here and, and positive, sounds like. Yeah, it's interesting. From a competitor standpoint, they, of course, like dropping their prices quite a bit, you know, and that's where we get into that price battle that's going on. Uh, they can't compete with us on speed, um, and they can't compete with us on our speed to market. So it's interesting. When somebody comes to my company interviewing, they always ask me, what's, and they come from one of these bigger guys, and they say, well, what's the difference between working for you and working for, you know, where I'm at right now? And my response is always, you know, when, when you make a decision, you can see your decision being in effect by the end of the day or the next day. When you work for the big guys, there's like 10, 20 different levels that that decision has to go through before it's even enacted or even, even put into the cycle of the process. So it could be months before you see your decision made. We move much faster than that. So, for instance, we had uh, we had one of the bigger guys coming into one of our markets, and uh, it was we immediately, like within a few hours, decided we were going to overbuild that area from a DOCSIS plant into a fiber plant. And so, when they started building in that area, the XGS Pond equipment was available from Calix, and I said, "Okay, you know what? Let's deploy that equipment." And we were immediately able to deploy multi-gig services. So now this big guy—they've now overbuilt this whole town, and they aren't gaining subscribers. Completely blowing their their business case for building in that area because they thought they'd just steamroll right in and customers would convert to them. But that didn't happen because our customers converted to our our multi-gig service and they love it and it's fiber to the premise. Oh, that's that's great. Also in the, in the fact that you're not you're not sort of a, a behemoth is that you're much more nimble. So you can make these moves and then but I, I think also if you if you sort of like push that out, it also gives you an opportunity to to be really responsive to your customers, which ultimately that's the most important thing. That's right. Every day, I'm telling you, we look at our customers. Why did we lose customers? Why are we getting the phone calls? What is going on with our market? And I'm telling you, the, the guys in the executive levels aren't doing that. And how do I know that? Well, I used to work for them. So I know on a daily basis, they're not, the executives aren't looking at individual losses. They're looking at tens of thousands of losses. I'm looking at individual losses. Are we having the right reliability? Are we putting the right resources in the right place? And I can, on a daily basis, make adjustments based on those answers. That's great. And then in terms of market size, what what do you, um, are you looking at sort of like NFL cities or is it one of those things where second tier, where do you, where do you guys think that there's, I guess there's the, the most opportunity for the smaller, more nimble guys? Yeah, you know, you have to be real careful when you start building into downtowns. 
And so we're kind of staying outside of that and looking at the bedroom communities of these big towns. Uh, I'm not going to name any uh, okay. right now, I, but <laughs> but um, I know you'd like me to, but I have to stay away from that. Mom's but, the word, right? But that's what we're looking at is really these bedroom communities for these major cities. That's where we see the value, where it's high density amount of homes in an area or townhomes or even apartment complexes, and um, and that's what we're looking at. And I'm telling you, there's a massive amount of market out there for it. Because everybody's too afraid to go after the big guy, and that's what it is. And, and by the way, these big guys don't compete against each other when you really look at it, right? They stay out of each other's areas. They right, don't, right. They, don't want to, they don't want to create that kind of war where a Comcast and a Charter is competing or a Cox is competing. Well, I, I remember interviewing someone, uh, this was several years ago, but one of the things that he said is that those guys um, have such such massive pads of margins that when someone like you comes in, that they can they they've got um, they can drop their price, but then if the service isn't the equivalent, then there's definitely an opportunity there. There is, and they'll do things like give away a three hundred dollar gift card with yep. a sign up, which is tough to compete with. I don't have that kind of margins to be able to play with, but uh, they do. So what we focus on is our reliability, our local, and that's one of the the items in my talk is staying local. When when you call one of my call centers, most likely the call center rep that you, that's answering the phone lives down the street from the person that's being called. So we stay focused on being local, deploy applications that help us stay local. Things like the Calix Cloud, for instance, that help us helps us manage our uh, manage Wi-Fi service. Those kinds of uh, uh, applications helps us stay local and be able to help our customers on a daily basis. It's interesting, even some of our technicians are so well-known in our marketplaces that the people actually know who's coming to their house because they live down the street or they've been there before, that kind of thing, to upgrade services. Yeah, and it's funny as well is when they're uh, – Jen, this is just an anecdotal story, but I was told that um, this this uh, small provider um, – they were proud to walk into their local uh, supermarket because they brought superior service. Whereas they said, like, they know friends who worked for other companies where, you know, whenever they would walk in, they sort of would, um, you know, wouldn't be wearing their, their company, uh, their company logo. So definitely local is always better. Yeah. And I mean, we've got, we have customers that still come through our drive throughs and into our, um, into our uh, facilities to pay their bills because they want to say hi to so-and-so that's in there because everybody's local. That's great. That's great. Um, if we could just sort of like pull out a little bit, I know that we're, we're sort of coming cl- to an end of 2022 and um, there's a lot of money entering this space. And I was wondering, um, you know, for 2023, what do you see some of the more exciting things happening for you? And then maybe perhaps some, uh, some challenges. Yeah. So, uh, some opportunities that we're looking at, I'm, uh, I have put together a whole new, uh, IP video platform, uh, that's being deployed. What's interesting about it is we wanted to take away, um, all video processing out of our head ends. I have six different head ends around the country and that meant I was processing video six different times. So if we launched a new channel, it's a new satellite receiver in each of the six systems. It's it's integration into the the encoders and stat muxing and all those different things. So I've completely outsourced our video processing to a third party. I'll let them manage it. Hey, we're launching a new t- channel. I just pick up the phone and hey, say, hey, we're launching X channel. 
get it onto the fiber feed, and it needs to be done by X date. So much easier. The other part of that is deploying our new IP video platform, which is a complete ABR platform. Now, most people may say, well, why would you stay in video when it's on the decline? The reality is, and what's interesting is that video is the number one consumption of, uh, of uh, broadband services. Number one, if you go look at go look at the sets, the number one consumer of broadband is video. So I want to keep that connection to the customer. And I believe that the reason why there's been such video losses is we have not provided a service that our customers actually want. We've done a very poor job of that and we're late with that. So we're deploying a whole new IP video platform. Another thing that we're doing is we're deploying a broadband only video platform. And what I mean by that is there will be no linear channels on it at all. It will be an Android set top that gives people a consolidated search across all of the OTT options that are out there. So if you have Netflix, Hulu, Prime, any of these guys, Disney Plus, HBO Max, you'll be able to simply press the uh, speech button, ask for the office, and it'll serve up every location that the office is being played, even down to the episode. And then you can simply hit it and it'll start playing right from our application. And then it, when the episode's done, it'll pop back into our application. So we think that's going to be very powerful, and it's for our broadband-only subscribers. Okay. Um, so we're pretty excited about that product. From a challenges perspective, you know, one of the biggest challenges is if you look at what went on with COVID in 2020 and 2021, um, we had probably four years of gains within that period of time. Absolutely. And what we're seeing in the marketplace is that that has really leveled off. And we did a great job of budgeting. We realized that it was going to level off. A lot of the big guys did not. Right. The sugar high is over with. The sugar high is over with. And so now everybody's kind of figuring out, okay, what's going to happen next? Is it going to stay level, especially when we get into the things that with uh, the economy that's going on and the recession? Are people going to start pulling back? Are they going to stop dro start dro dropping services? Are they going to go from a one gig package down to a 300 meg package in order to save a couple of bucks every single month. So that's a challenge that we're going to have to kind of figure out because I think that's a real thing that's going to happen is I don't think people will get rid of their services. I think they will reduce their services. Yeah, that will definitely be interesting because and we, we it's funny that it really is an essential service in the sense that is that you? You people can't do without it. You know, if it's if you if you work for from home like I do, or if just for pure entertainment sake, it is an essential service. It is an essential service, and you know, you have all of these you know five G guys that are you know spreading all this stuff. Okay, for thirty nine bucks, you can get X amount, but it's not guaranteed, and and so it'll be interesting. Are we going to lose customers to that kind of cheaper pricing, even though it's much less from a stability and reliability standpoint, or are people? going to stay with us but just lower their services so that's something that we're watching pretty diligently all right so then uh, this has been a phenomenal visit by the way thank you so much for your time i would love it if we could sort of even go out a little bit further and if you could unfurl your crystal ball and maybe look you know three to five years into the future you know where do you see things i i, I would assume that you th think that we've just scratched scratched the service but i would love to get your thoughts 
Yeah, like uh, you know, I kind of d- discussed earlier, AR and VR is really in its infancy. I mean, we're we're barely in the mid first inning of what is available there, and then things like light wave technology, where it really brings um, kind of this really interactive working together and experiencing things together. Um, the metaverse is something that's going to continue dry. It's interesting. There's actually stores in the metaverse now where you can go in and buy a, a coach purse or whatever it may be. So I think there's going to be more around that. To me, why we have to continue looking at these applications that are being developed. And by the way, there's applications that we haven't even thought of yet that's going to be developed, that's going to continue consuming bandwidth. So I don't think that there's going to be any slowdown at all in the consumption rates going up uh, with bandwidth usage. It's just going to keep going up. So what I have to do and what other people in my position has to do is continue looking at how this consumption is going to raise and how we put in the right architectures in order to be able to support all of these things that are coming out in the next five to 10 years so that our customers continue having this great reliable service and they can get the bandwidth that they need to do what they want to do with all of these different applications. And when you look at, I'll tell you another one, a big one is going to be around gaming. And I think that's going to continue to drive consumption rates up both on the upstream and on the downstream you know uh i i I totally agree with you i think gaming is definitely going to be uh an incredible area of innovation but um i've done some interviews with folks who are doing on the on the business side and some of the stuff that they're they're doing with with uh, medical and ar and vr is just amazing it's it's one of those things where um i'm really looking forward to just the um the opportunity out there yeah, and I think it's, you know, it's it's going there's going to be some things like medical's a perfect thing, right? We've been talking about medical for 10 years and how, you know, sharing of uh labs and sharing of x-rays and MRIs and all these different things really hasn't come to fruition. What I think is going to happen in the next five to 10 years is it is. And it's going to be a great thing for the consumer and the patient to to be able to have this interaction because the broadband speeds will finally be there where it doesn't take hours to download an MRI scan. It'll take seconds to download that MRI scan. It'll make it much more uh, usable for both the patient and for the doctors that that are utilizing the technologies. To your point, we just did an episode um, with a, a doctor. Um, she's a, a breast cancer specialist. And what she's doing is she's partnering with rural hospitals. And they're using AR for her to interact with the local doctor as well as the patient so that the quality of care is just growing exponentially. So to your point, it's like we there's just so much opportunity out there for our world to become more connected in a very positive way. Yeah, and you can get these specialists that are in these big cities exactly. to be able to evaluate somebody in one of these rural markets. And that's huge. And that's important to people's health and uh, the way that they interact with their doctors in the future. It's just, it's, it's an amazing time. It is an amazing time. Well, um, once again, I want to thank you. Um, what can folks do if they want to either reach out to you or, or, or learn more about your organization? Where, where can they go? Yeah, I think the best place uh, certainly to learn about our organization is sureuscommunications.com. If you want to get in touch with me, probably the best way is through LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, this has been a phenomenal visit. Uh, hopefully, we're both here next year, and I'd love to put you in and, uh, and just see where things are at. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for your time. Awesome. It's going to do it for this episode of the Broadband Munch. Till next time, we'll see you guys later.